of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to No Buts About It. Today is May 18th, 2022. Recording from a kitchen in Indiana. So let's get into the show here in a minute. Uh, Sorry today's kind of late. I got off work late. Uh, That's kind of why I want to be able to do this for a living so that I can have the same uh, schedule every day for each episode. But right now, I've got another job, and so my schedule goes around that, and my schedule goes around school. This comes third. So uh, forgive me that this is coming out a little late, but uh, at least we're here. I realized that on Monday's episode, I mentioned talking about a cornerback who got the bag and then completely forgot to talk about it, and that was Jair Alexander for the uh, Green Bay Packers. He was signed to a four-year, $84 million contract extension, and he'll get $31 million in the first year. So, uh, obviously, that's a big signing for the Packers fans. That defense definitely needed him. He's a great player. Now, uh, something that happened later after I recorded the show on Monday was a little rumor came out. A rumor that if you followed me on Instagram, you know I don't like. Uh, You know, if you saw my Twitter, you knew I really didn't like it because I was replying to like everyone who was talking about it. And uh, that is that rumors per Tyler Dragon and sources close to him are saying Jesse Bates is going to refuse to uh, play on the franchise tag this year with the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be a $13 million franchise tag, so presumably he's looking for a bit more understandable in my opinion he's a top three safety in the league he had a down regular season but he came in clutch in the playoffs for the Bengals and helped us towards our Super Bowl run I really like him Jesse Bates is a great player if he goes to another team that team is going to be very lucky to have him I really hope he doesn't I hope he's willing to uh, take A short pay cut of what he should deserve just to stay with the team. I know he deserves more, but Bengals have got to save up for guys like Higgins and Chase and Logan Wilson and, of course, Joe Burrow. But I'd love to see Jesse Bates staying on the team because he's from the same city as me, Fort Wayne, Indiana. So it was always super cool having him on the team. Love Jesse Bates. Hoping he stays with the Cincinnati Bengals but it's a possibility that he will not. In uh, other news, since we're talking about defensive players, I guess we'll just stick with that. 
the Eagles signed free agent cornerback James Bradbury to a one-year $10 million deal. So he's going to be staying in the NFC East. That's per Ian Rappaport. Um, according to Jordan Schultz, James Bradbury ranked second in the league with 82 PD over the previous six seasons. Darius Slay is first with 84. Bradbury is only 28, and he's already tallied 15 career interceptions as well. Darius Slay is also on the Eagles, so uh, the top Eagles now have the top two guys, and uh, they've had a heck of a season, especially with uh, that A.J. Brown sighting, Hayson Reddick as well. Eagles uh, may be making moves to win the uh, East this year. I don't think the NFC East has had a repeat winner in like seven, 70, or not 70, 17 years. And so uh, maybe the Eagles will be the new winner. The Cowboys won it last season. Uh, that division is always wide open, and I think the Eagles could make a run for it. Um, Tariq Cohen, who is a Bears running back, he was a free agent now, but he was drafted by the Bears in 2017 and uh, is a free agent, I believe, starting this year. But uh, poor guy, he tore his ACL last season, early in the season. And uh, he was on Instagram Live showing that he was getting back to the grind, working hard, uh, grinding out, and he tore his uh, Achilles. And so obviously he's going to be out again, and that's just a huge setback for him. Really feel sorry for the guy, uh, his agent, and some other people were asking that people stop sharing the Instagram Live video just because... Obviously, that's not something he wants to see posted everywhere. People were doing that understandably. I'm sure not out of malicious intent at all. But um, they were asking that he stop uh, posting that video. So I'm not going to share the video anywhere. But it's definitely sad to see that Tariq Cohen had a lot of potential at the running back position. But this is another setback. We'll see if he's ever able to play football again. Um, just... Just really uh, sorry for him, feel bad for him, but that's where it's at. And running backs have also kind of been in the news lately. Uh, Colts signed free agent running back Philip Lindsay per Lindsay's agency. He uh, played with the Dolphins last, I believe, and I'm not really sure that this is a blockbuster signing. He's a, he's a good player or decent backup. He'll obviously back up be back up to uh, Jonathan Taylor. So uh, he'll probably still get some snaps to give uh, Taylor some rest. But this could also mean that the Colts are planning on moving Naeem Hines into a slot receiver position. And that would make sense as to why they haven't gotten a wide receiver, I guess, because Naeem Hines has been on the team since 2019, I believe. So he's familiar with the Colts organization. He's familiar with the players. But... I still think that the Colts need that proven wide receiver. They're going to need a guy to break out. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is a great receiver, but I think he's going to need to do more if this team is hoping to win playoff games in the future. Uh, Debo Samuel's still out there, presumably looking for a trade. Odell is injured, but he's still out there. Julio Jones, who we talked about on Monday, still out there. So uh, maybe... Maybe the Colts are just going to stick with Naeem Hines as a wide receiver, though. That's not confirmed. That's just what I'm thinking they're probably going to do is move him out of the running back position into wide receiver. 
But one player that is definitely being moved, not completely, but he'll be taking more uh, wide receiver snaps most likely, is Dalvin Cook. Uh, It's being reported by Chad Graff that the Vikings star running back is lining up at wide receiver in a bunch of sets during OTAs. So maybe what happened was uh, Vikings offensive coordinator and the head coach saw what 49ers were doing Debo Samuel. Now, Debo Samuel's a wide receiver first, but he also is running back. Dalvin Cook is a running back first, but he could obviously catch the ball. He's a great player. Um, So maybe they are going to have him uh, do some more positions at wide receiver, make that more of a dynamic offense after what uh, Debo Samuel did this season with the 49ers. And uh, I believe he coined the term wide back. So maybe that'll become a position we see more and more of in the NFL. That would be really cool. That would be some more dynamic football, real exciting play, and uh, something I'll definitely be interested to see how that works out. Another thing that might affect, though, is contracts. Because if you have one player playing two positions, he's going to want money for both those positions. So um, there's going to need to be a precedent sent for that position if wideback does become this hybrid position that's popular in a lot of offenses. A lot of people think that's why Debo Samuel wanted to be moved because he was playing the wideback position, but he was only getting paid wide receiver money. Um, Obviously, if you're playing as a running back, you're getting hit a lot more. You're having to run up the middle, run around the side. You're getting hit a lot more than if you're just a wide receiver. Um, not to say wide receivers don't get hit hard at all. They definitely do. But if you're playing every snap of the game, you're going to get hit a lot more. So, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. I'd be interested to see, uh, if the wide back position does come to be in existence though, as a regular position in, uh, offenses. Uh, so that being said, that is all for the news. Um, that's going on around the league that I'm aware of. Other than uh, Tom Brady, who uh, has been having this happen to him in bars around Indiana, especially since uh, Deflategate happened. He, If you're not familiar with Deflategate, it is when Tom Brady and the Patriots got accused of using... Uh, deflated footballs in the playoffs against the Indianapolis Colts. I think it was the AFC championship game. So uh, that was obviously a big deal. That was all over the news. Even like Fox and CNN were covering it because that was a huge scandal. Uh, I believe they decided that it wasn't true. But of course, fans never forgot. Never forget Deflategate. Um, But... Tom Brady is going to be a part of a roast being titled The Groat, The Greatest Roast of All Time, a play on the GOAT uh, name for greatest of all time. So Tom Brady is going to be a part of a roast uh, that Netflix is hosting. Uh, That's really all the information I've read so far. I think it's coming out in 2023. Uh, I didn't see who would be roasting him. Maybe they'll just have him reading responses from celebrities or other athletes but i think that'll be interesting because people have been roasting tom brady for years because i mean he's been in the league since 2000 and he's built himself a reputation obviously everyone knows who tom brady is even if you don't follow the nfl 
and a lot of people love to hate Tom Brady. So uh, I don't know how successful the Groat will be, the greatest roast of all time, but maybe it's uh, worth thinking about. Uh, maybe you should follow uh, Tom Brady, see if there's some roasts you've got for him uh, because he's one of the winningest athletes of all time, so it's kind of hard to roast him. But maybe you'll have that opportunity. Maybe they'll be asking fans. I assume it'll be mainly athletes, though, and other celebrities. But maybe they'll let some fans chime in on Twitter and such. And if you have a good uh, one, they'll read it off for you. Uh, Again, I don't know how it works. But, yeah, Tom Brady will be getting roasted. And uh, so let's dive into um, some more predictions. And that is, today I wanted to talk about the Comeback Player of the Year odds because I saw an article saying that Derrick Henry was pretty much a shoe-in for the Comeback Player of the Year odds. So I'm going to pull up what the odds actually are here. And... uh, See what the top three... I know the top three, I believe, uh, were Derrick Henry, Jameis Winston, and Deshaun Watson, with Derrick Henry leading quite a bit. So we're going to go with FanDuel's odds, because that's what I use primarily. Okay. And they're all pretty much the same. They're pretty similar odds. But uh, So FanDuel has Derrick Henry winning it at plus 350, and then Jameis Winston is second at plus 700. Deshaun Watson's tied with him at plus 700. Michael Thomas is plus 900. And then Daniel Jones is at plus 700 as well. I don't... Oh, they're going off their own website. That's why he's last. But, okay, FanDuel has Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, and Daniel Jones all tied at plus 700 uh, with Michael Thomas with plus 900 later on. And uh, FanDuel's giving Daniel Jones really good odds to win uh, Comeback Player of the Year for some reason. I don't really see that happening. He, uh, I don't know that the Giants made enough moves to help him, and he hasn't shown much promise. So unless he has a miraculous breakout year, I don't think uh, Daniel Jones is going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,600, though? Right below him, though, I think that could happen. I think that is much more likely. And that is if they decide to stop using him as heavily as they have in these offenses. Because he's still pretty young. He was a 2017 rookie. And they just give him the ball, it seems, every play. And, I mean, can't do that to the poor guy. I think that uh, Christian McCaffrey, in my head, has better odds of winning it than Daniel Jones, even though Daniel Jones is a quarterback. Um... Obviously, I agree Derrick Henry has the best odds because, I mean, he's the freaking king. He was out for four four weeks or so, and he was still number one in the league in rushing, and he wasn't even playing. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor took that from him, but, I mean, Jonathan Taylor played all of his games, and Derrick Henry didn't. So, there's that. Deshaun Watson has pretty good odds at plus 700, but... The thing is, today Deshaun Watson testified that he was aware that one of the masseuses cried at the end of his massage and that he texted her later to apologize for making her feel uncomfortable. 
what does that mean? What did he do that made her feel uncomfortable? Why was she crying? Did he say something? Did he do something? That is the question, and that is going to tie into whether or not he gets uh, suspended. Because if he gets suspended, he's pretty much out for comeback player of the year because there's no way his stat line is going to be up there to rival what Derrick Henry's most likely will be. Granted, Derrick Henry's coming off of injury. ACL tear is pretty bad. Will he be the same Derrick Henry? Presumably, yes. Where technology is now and science and medicine and healing, he'll pretty much probably be the same person and have that same strength, but we never know for sure until it happens. Uh, I think uh, Derrick Henry could be a shoo-in. The next most likely, I don't see Jameis Winston winning it. I just don't, although he does have some heck, heck of some good receivers right now, but I don't see Jameis Winston winning it. I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't get suspended, he'll probably win it because he's got the better receivers still. Jameis Winston will probably get third, and Derrick Henry will probably win it overall. But uh, Derrick Henry, I I could see. Here's, another, here's what I'll go into. I'll go into something I didn't even plan to talk about. I think this is a hot take. Hot take of the day from No Butts About It podcast. Here it is. Joe Mixon will lead in rushing yards this past this season. Here's why. Here's why. And I wasn't planning on this, so forgive me. Give me a minute here to uh, pull up the stats so that I can make sure uh, everything's accurate for y'all. And uh, here we go. So now keep in mind. Keep in mind. Derrick Hen- Derrick Henry. Obviously got injured, so we're he's down at like eighth overall uh, behind Elijah Mitchell. But okay, Joe Mixon had a horrible offensive line his whole career. He's had a horrible offensive line. Twenty seventeen rookie Bengals haven't had a great line since. He even got injured a couple of times because the line was that bad. But Joe Mixon. They have added so many players to that offensive line. The Bengals have added some glass eaters to protect Joe Burrow. Now, what people aren't remembering is the running back. It affects the line affects the running back as well. Okay, so with a horrible line, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, Joe Mixon got third in rushing. Not only did he get third in rushing. He was only 54 yards short of second behind uh, Nick Chubb. And uh, Jonathan Taylor beat them both by 600 yards. But if Jonathan Taylor gets used less because Matt Ryan is the quarterback now and he's capable, it's not Carson Wentz who's trying to uh, prove himself still. Matt Ryan has already proven himself. He knows what he's capable of. Everyone knows what he's capable of. He's just a Super Bowl short of the Hall of Fame, most likely. So maybe uh, they use Matt Ryan a bit more because uh, they don't feel the need to protect uh, the quarterback position as much because the quarterback isn't running out of the pocket like a kamikaze trying to make insane plays and play hero. 
So maybe a more balanced game uh, allows for Jonathan Taylor to get more yards per touch, but maybe he gets a bit less touches. Don't know for sure. Um, I think he'll still be in that top three. Nick Chubb has to split with Kareem Hunt. Uh, he has to split those uh, touches. So obviously still got second, but uh, Kareem Hunt could be a running back one on a lot of teams in the league. Also, for whatever reason, the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, just didn't like running the ball last year. Baker was hurt most of the season, noticeably hurt, like it was affecting his game a lot. And he still didn't run the ball when it was an obvious run time. It was a scenario where you're like, okay, run the ball. Nope, they passed it. So maybe Kevin Stefanski just doesn't like calling run plays. So that could hurt Nick Chubb too. Joe Mixon, horrible line. Zach Taylor loves calling runs. It seemed like every drive, our first two plays were runs. And every first down. We wouldn't pass until like third down, it seemed. Now that got a little bit better throughout the season because it got super predictable, obviously. But Zach Taylor loves calling run plays. So maybe Joe, I think there is potential. If the line is what it's supposed to be, if it improves the way it's supposed to be, that Joe Mixon could be the leader in rushing yards this next upcoming season. Obviously, that's a hot take. I know it's a hot take. But uh, Joe Mixon, great running back. I've loved him. I think he's a great player. I've always thought he was a great player, even when he got injured. Uh, He had 292 attempts to Nick Chubb's 228 and Jonathan Taylor's 332. So if uh, Jonathan Taylor drops in touches a little bit and... uh, Joe Mixon's getting a little bit more yards per carry. I think he could easily get uh, that top spot. But now he's obviously he's going to have to be competing against Derrick Henry too, though. And Derrick Henry had 219 touches for 937 yards. So, I mean, definitely a powerful runner. His longest run was 76 yards compared to Joe Mixon's longest run of 32 yards but Jonathan Taylor had 83 and Nick Chubb had 70 so the fact that uh, Mixon had 32 the only guy in the top 10 who had a long run less than him is 27 and that's Antonio Gibson I could see it happening I think this is reasonable I know that I already bet on Joe Mixon winning the rushing title next season I think it's a real possibility. Lael Collins is a beast. Ted Kappas is a beast. I think that Joe Mixon, he's going to be able to run up the middle a lot more. Um, Our side, our line has improved, I think, at the tight end position. I think Hayden Hurst is supposedly a better blocker than Uzama. I still miss CJ Uzama. He threw the first pitch for the New York Mets. Uh, yesterday, I believe, and that, I love that man. He just, he helps the locker room so much. The Jets are so lucky. Jets fans, you are lucky to get that man. Treat him right. But anyway, going back, Joe Mixon is going to be able to run up the middle. Uh, Obviously, defenses are going to have to worry about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow. Uh, 
But uh, I'm not sure. Jonathan Taylor, they don't really have the receivers, so they could probably play closer to the line. Obviously, you got Matt Ryan at quarterback, so he still might be able to make some things happen. But I, I think that of these three, the Bengals are in the best position to have that dynamic offense that allows Joe Mixon to both stay healthy and get a lot of yards. So this could be a big season for Joe Mixon. So if you're playing fantasy and Joe Mixon is on the board, I'd take him at least as a running back too. And if you're in my league and you take Joe Mixon from me, I'm going to be mad because I know some of the people who I play fantasy football with listen and that's why I'm not doing a fantasy football episode until after we draft our show or, or draft. So that's the only thing I'm going to say about fantasy football is Joe Mixon might be a steal. Uh, but that's my opinion of what's going on. Obviously, the news wasn't a whole lot this uh, past week. I tried to not talk too long about Jesse Bates because I think I could probably do an entire episode on Jesse Bates. And why our team needs him. But, uh, yeah, so, like I said at the beginning of the episode, my schoolwork and work comes first. Work schedule's kind of hectic. I just started this week. But I did want to thank people because I got a notification on my phone today that was super cool. Got to 100 all-time views on the podcast, which I wasn't hoping to get until the end of the year. Honestly, because I thought like maybe one person would listen consistently um, and then maybe I'd get 100 views. But no, I've got 100 views already and I appreciate that so much. Uh, I really enjoy doing this and that's why I felt bad about not being able to turn it on. Okay, we have a Jets fan, a New York fan here. So if you are a Jets fan and you're listening to the show, treat CJ Uzama right. I think we're going to become a Jets. We're going to start rooting for the Jets on this show. Um, unless you, the Bengals or the Colts are playing them. I think we might become a Jets show. So, uh, hey, uh, New York, New Jersey, that area. Start uh, sharing this because this might be the only podcast outside of New York that talks about the Jets a lot because... Seems like the Bengals are sending all of our guys there. Big Larry's visiting with you. Uh, CJ's obviously there. Carl Lawson's there. Jesse Bates leaves. I won't be surprised if he ends up as a New York Jet. So uh, share the podcast with people. Um, Thank you for getting to it 100 views. Uh, I really appreciate all of that. I appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, I like to go through a couple of the new places I see by... At the end of each episode, can't Wichita is booming. I don't know who's listening to Wichita. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, hey, we talk about the Chiefs sometimes, not a whole lot. Uh, Chicago, we talk about the Bears a little bit. Uh, Packer, Wisconsin, nah. Got a lot of people on the East Coast. Well, East Coast people who are listening right now, share the podcast because we are going to start talking about the Jets and I think I might try to have Stan the Jet fan on more regularly Uh, I've been researching ways to maybe do that since we're apart now Uh, just an idea I'm tossing out Uh, but 
keep listening, keep sharing the podcast. It's at 100 views, so we're officially in the triple digit uh, thing. Spotify listeners are winning. Apple Podcasts is falling behind. Obviously, it's been on longer on Spotify. But uh, Apple Podcast uh, users, you better start sharing this if you want to start repping. Um, anyway, thank you everyone for listening. I enjoyed this show. Sorry it was kind of kebobbled together and super late. But uh, go follow us on Instagram at nobutts underscore show. Follow me on Twitter at josh underscore butts underscore 2001, where I will probably be crying about Jesse Bates. Uh, thanks for today's show. And uh, hope everyone has a great day and a great Thursday. See you later.